just pray for everyone that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of you. Father, that your anointing would come and rest and abide on every person today. That you would give them a spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation in the knowledge of you. That our eyes of our understanding may be enlightened. That we may know, Father, that we may know what is the hope of our calling. What the riches of the glory of our inheritance is in the saints. Father, what you have brought us with. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit with the promise of God. Give us this day a revelation. Father, open the eyes of our understanding. Give us a spirit of wisdom. Let us see in the spirit realm today. Let us see the hope that you have called us to. Let us see what you have bought for us and done for us, the riches of our inheritance, Father God, that we may know the exceeding greatness of your power. The exceeding greatness of your power who believe according to your mighty power, which raised Christ from the dead. Father, that power, that incredible, awesome God power that stretched right down into hell and brought Jesus out in victory and raised him up far above every principality and power, every name, every dominion that has been named. Father, that power is available to us. That power is in us. God, give us today that revelation of that power that is available to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know that this is me. This is my doctrine, <laughs> my interpretation of the word. It's not necessarily the pastor's. Okay. <laughs> So, it, uh, you, you laugh, it's true. He has to come and correct me <laughs> on a number of occasions. But I want, to, I want you to imagine, I want you to see. I've been meditating on this, this prayer this week. I prayed it. I have prayed it for years. But I actually stopped and prayed and said, God, give me a revelation about this prayer. And I realized that, you know, we're, we're like Superman walking around. Do you realize that? Like Clark Kent. We're walking around looking like Clark Kent, when in actual fact, we have this exceeding great power available to us. But I want to start here. It says here, Lord, give us a spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Why do we need a spirit of wisdom? Have you thought about that? What is wisdom? In the world, and this is my definition of wisdom, <coughs> in the world, wise men, you know the guys that do discovery, you know, that work out how much you must pay. The wise men who decide what you pay, you know what they do? They look at all the facts, stats from Tukasatate. They look at today. They look at who's alive. Look at who's dying. Who's got what. And they work out. And they predict what the future will be. And on that, 
they will make you pay. Now, the whole world has been rattled, haven't we? Because they say a few guys knew, but COVID shook all that, didn't it? All the wise men of the world, all wisdom in the world is based on knowledge, natural knowledge. What we've done, what we're doing, what we think we're going to be doing in the future. Spiritual wisdom isn't based on that. That's why we need a spirit of wisdom. We need to have the knowledge of God. We need to be able to know and understand God and how he operates. And to have that, we need to have a revelation. What is a revelation and what is enlightenment? If, if your husband comes along and he says, Honey, I'm going to blindfold you now because I want to show you something. And you go and he puts you in the car and you're sitting there trying to work out, where, where are we going? What is happening? And you think, okay, okay, we've turned down the road. We're in Jacqueline. We're, this is the dippy. We're, we're turning left. We're turning right. We're going to Menland. And you're trying to discern in your spirit, aren't you? You're trying to work out with all your other senses because you can't see. Where are you going? What is happening? And then you get out and you think, I can hear it like a ticket machine. We're going up. I, we're in the mainland car park. I can hear things. And then you're walking on tiles and you're like, I know, I'm in mainland. And then he says, okay. And he walks in here, smells like a restaurant. And then he goes, takes off the blindfold and he says, ta-da. And everybody goes, surprise, happy birthday. And suddenly you go, enlightenment, revelation. Ah, that's what he's been doing, sneaking, talking, planning behind my back. That's like an aha moment, which you couldn't see before. You were feeling things, discerning things, but you didn't see. Now, we don't see God, the angels, heaven. Remember Jan preached, he said, he reads Revelations 21. Why? Because it tells us about what's coming. God is coming back with a new city to fetch his bride. He's busy planning things. He's busy building your houses in heaven. That's what he said. I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But we don't see that. We live in this little here and now realm where everything is now. And we are always trying to get God to work with us the way we think it should be. So we're trying to bring God to do it our way. And if we learn how God works, then, then it'll be easier. If you read the Old Testament, you'll learn how God works. God doesn't work like you work, that's for sure. You look at the Red Sea, when the guys are sitting at the Red Sea, it's like, where do we go, guys? What do we pray? Like, okay, today, maybe if you're American, you could pray, ha, ah, the Marines, send in the Marines with the helicopters and rescue us. They had nothing. It's like, what do we pray? And God says, don't worry about it. It's like, really? Have you seen what, what the situation is, God? He says, don't worry about it. And he does the impossible, opens the Red Sea. God's ways aren't our ways. But let me tell you, God's ways aren't easy ways. Do you know that God 
regularly offends you. Do you know that? The gospel is offensive. Really, it is. Because God asks you to do things which are like, really, God. The Israelites, like, go and take the city, big walls. Go to God, what does he say? Walk around seven times. Like, really? You know, I told them to be quiet. Can you imagine the arguing about what they're doing? Any minute now, somebody could throw hot oil on you bricks on your head. It's like, this is totally daft. I mean, come on, guys. And God said, don't say a word, just walk. And then they shout, and it's like, wow, never seen that before. What about Elijah? He comes along, and this little widow has been crying out to God. God, can you see? I've got no more food left. Nothing, nothing. She walks out and she meets the prophet of God and she thinks, hallelujah, Jesus, my deliverance has come. And he says, hey, can you go make me some bread? And she's like, where have you been? Do, do you know there's a famine? Do you, do you realize I'm a little widow? This is my last, buddy. This is my last. I'm going to die. And he says, go and make me a little bread. And she's like, but that was God's answer. Right there was God's answer. Her oil, her, her flower didn't give up once. We need revelation. We need God to give us a revelation in every situation. We, we sit down and we pray. God, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. God, you've got to do this. You've got to and it doesn't happen. And you think, where's God? Doesn't he care? Can't he hear me? Why doesn't he do something? You need to go, and you need to be quiet, and you need to, I challenge you, pray this prayer every day before you read the Word of God. I've read the Word of God. You know those days you read the Word of God, and you think, sure, I've read three chapters. <laughs> three chapters. What did, what did I read, eh? <laughs> go, let me go back now. I'm being really spiritual. I've done three chapters. Um, have you had those days? Come on. I'll pray for the people who don't put up their hands, eh? <laughs> Spirit of lying. <laughs> no, we need revelation, guys. We need the Spirit of God to open our eyes, to think like God, to expect the unexpected. We are supernatural beings. Do you realize? We, you know, I know we always look at the disciples in the boat, don't we? And we think, Peter's the guy, eh? Peter's the guy, he got out and he walked on the water. When God asks you to do something really big, that's when you're supernatural. No, 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 no. Do you know that by believing, believing that you're saved, believing, think about Christianity, everything about it is supernatural. We believe in an almighty God who created Adam and Eve, who has a plan from Genesis to Revelations. That's what we believe. We've never seen it, but we believe it. Why? Revelation. It's in your heart. It's not in your mind. Your mind, you can go to the Bible and you can say, well, the Bible says, and then the guys come here, the Big Bang Theory, the this, the this, the that, the Darwin Theory. Why don't they believe? They haven't had a revelation. Jesus comes and he dies. Think about that. He comes, virgin birth, virgin birth. Maybe today we might 
kind of, mm, you know, with technology and all the advances and etc. But it's still like, really? Really? Virgin birth? Hmm. It's hard. It's hard with your mind. And that's what our, in Corinthians 1, verse 2, read chapter 2, it says, the things that God has prepared for us, they're hidden things. We cannot, we cannot understand. If you try with your mind, you cannot understand or see or receive what God has for you. It's impossible because your mind works on here and now. Your mind, that's why we all have differences, because your mind works on what you've grown up with, what you've read, what you've studied, what God has put in you. When you read the Bible, and I read the Bible, we get two different things. And you're like, really? Yeah, when two people, four people watch an accident, they all have a different point of view, because we're all different. The only thing that is the same is the Spirit of God. We need a Spirit of wisdom and understanding, we need revelation to know and understand God and how God wants to work with us. We go to God and he says, walk seven times. Yes. Okay. God's ways are not our ways. Um, and the other thing in Corinthians, it says that the carnal mind, sounds terrible, but that's your mind. <laughs> your normal, natural mind. It fights you. It says that it is hostile, hostile to God. That's like hectic. It's hostile to God. And you know what? People say, mm, I don't know. I, have, I don't hear from God. Then why are you wrestling with things? Do you know what I'm saying? God tells you to do something and immediately you start to wrestle in your mind. Immediately. Let me go back here to my notes. Okay? Immediately, like, for example, when God says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. Okay? And he's going to baptize you. And he's going to lead you into all truth. Doesn't he say that? Let's go back and look at what... Jesus was walking with his disciples. He offended many people because of their minds. He had, I think it's 82 disciples. Did you know that? 82 disciples. And one day he stands up and he says to them, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. I am the light. There's no other way into heaven. I'm, I'm that. I'm the answer. I'm the door. And you've got to eat my body and my blood. And the 70 of the disciples went, Oh, oh, oh. St step too far. We know the Old Testament does say, No, you don't drink blood. Think about that. That's what they'd been taught. You don't, you don't eat flesh and blood. It's like, we are right here, guys. This is wrong. This, this is not God. And, like, and Jesus said, oh, okay, guys, does this offend you? Does this offend you? And they said, yes, 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 it does offend us. And he said, okay, well, you can go. Don't explain anything to them. He says, okay, 
You can go. 70 of them go. We made a mistake, guys. How do you think you'll feel if like 90% of you walk out now? It's like, whoa, I don't agree with what you just said. Oops. It's like the rest of you are going to sit here going, what, what do you think, eh? <laughs> are they right? Are we right? Who's right now, you know? And Jesus looks at them and says, guys, you also want to go. You want to go. And what does Peter say? He says to him, where will we go? Where will we go? You have the words of life. You are Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Where did he get that? And Jesus looks at him and he says, yeah, he says, you didn't get that from your carnal mind. He said, that's revelation. That's in your spirit. It's like, do you know that feeling in your spirit when God has told you to do something? And it's hard and your mind is going, zing, zing, zing. I don't know, I don't know. Your heart is pumping and you're thinking, flesh and blood and flesh and blood. Is this what? But your heart is saying, this is the, the life. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like the, when, when you get the Holy Spirit, for example, it's like in your heart, your heart is thumping and your mind's going, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not doing that. That doesn't make sense to me. Talking in tongues, mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. I'm not doing that because it's by revelation. It's your mind can't understand the things of the Spirit. It's, it's like foolishness. The Bible says it's foolishness to the natural man. Foolishness. God's ways are foolishness to the natural mind. And that is what you battle with all the time. Your mind, your spirit. Your mind, your spirit. Because your spirit man lines up with God. Your mind lines up with the world. And what is godly, worldly wisdom and godly, oh, sorry, and godly wisdom. Okay, so that's why, that's why it says here, let's pray. Unless God gives you a revelation in your inner man about what he's doing, you won't understand. I was thinking what, what Andrew was saying last week. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I was just picturing the coronation, and I thought, sure. Vicky said, didn't inspire, inspire me. You read about when we're going to see God on his throne. What does it say? It's awesome. Everybody falls down, throws their crowns and says, holy, holy, holy are you God. That is the king we serve. That is the family we belong to. The kings of this world, they, they, they're just little in comparison, God is far above all of that dominion, that power, and that is available to us. And you think of the moms today. You know, the moms, let's just put the moms in here for Mother's Day. I was thinking it's like Charles Dickens says, it's the best of times and the worst of times when you're a mom. But it's like there are many books written 
about life, about how to be successful in life, how to be the best mom, how to bring your children up, how to give them sleep therapy, how to not give them sleep, how to discipline them, how to smack them, how to not smack them. It's like, whoo, what to feed them, what not to feed them. It's exhausting to know what, which one is right, which one is right, which... And then you come to a place where lots of mothers are and lots of children, and this mother does this, and she says, do you do that? Hmm. And don't you do this? And you think, you know, pray and ask God for wisdom to know because your child is an individual. Your child is very special, and it needs to know God, and it needs you to know what do I need to do for my child. That The other mother doesn't know. She thinks she knows. I've been told many times, oh, don't you think, I was told when my boy was little, don't you think your little boy is a bit obese? I thought, what? <laughs> what? Who are you? And I thought, Phew. I, I didn't know about it. Those days, we didn't really worry. I thought, you're a right one to talk. And I didn't worry about it, you know. And then another woman came to me one day. Bless my little boy here. He was having a temper tantrum. And she told me how I should train him. And I thought, hmm, okay. And I didn't say anything. I just left it. Because he had a, he had a temper tantrum in the car. So I got out. I said, when you're finished, just come up to the house. I didn't know it where you don't leave your child in the car down in the parking, you know. And the neighbor over the road heard all this and she was horrified at me. I'm like, Phew. came and told me what she thought of me. And I thought, okay, well, it worked. He never had another one. So two years later, she came to me and she said, I'm so sorry. She had two little boys of her own now. She. <laughs> I'm telling you, they were a handful. She said, I thought I had it down because my little girl was so good. You see, every child is different. Listen to God. Every life is different. Listen to God. My one friend, her child was, long story, but had repeatedly done something. And she wanted to take her apart. She was so angry. She said to her, she put her in her room and she said, I'm not even going to speak to you now because if I do, I will kill you. She said, I will go and I will pray and I will come back when I'm calm. And her daughter was sitting there. You know what teenagers are like? like bring it on. <laughs> I bring it. I can take it. You know, they, and you just want to throttle them because of that look. And she's sitting on the bed like this. And her mother walks in and her mother says, she says, if it was up to me, this, I would take you apart. She says, but God says, I must extend grace to you. And the child just started to weep. And what had happened was what you were saying this morning. She had been trying to do something good, and it turned into a terrible situation and the harder she tried to fix it the worse it got and all her friends had alienated her the only place left was her home and if her mother now comes on and does this heavy I'll take you where does she go that grace just broke her and she started to weep and she was able to hear 
what her daughter was saying and be reconciled and go forward. God's ways are not our ways. We, we, we're very self-righteous, you know, like those disciples, those 70. We know, we know what the Bible says. You don't drink blood, you don't eat flesh. You know, when you, you get angry, you're driving down the road and the people do this, you get to work and your colleague just lays into you and you're like, boy, let me tell you, let me. And the Holy Spirit says to you, be quiet, just forgive. And you think, no, 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 this is not about forgiveness. <clears throat> no, no, this is about righteousness. This is about the right Okay, this is about the truth, guys. This is not about forgiveness now. And the Holy Spirit says, just be quiet. Shush. Go, and you go, mm, mm, mm. and you walk down and you the sh- walk of shame to your room. It's like, oh, this is hard, God. This is so hard because I'm right. I'm right. Have you had those moments, guys? Yes, I've choked on those moments. I was so angry. I was standing crying. I was like, and I thought, Jesus, give me your grace to forgive or I will kill him. And you know what? I had to go and apologize. And I wasn't wrong. I had to apologize. But you know what? You can sit in your room and just now your colleague comes and says, listen, I've had a really bad day. The sky's falling on my head and I was totally out of line. Please forgive me. Or they might just come and bring you, you know, those sorry but not sorry. Here's a cup of coffee for you. <laughs> you, know, you know, those sorry but not sorry. Yeah. God's ways, guys. God's ways aren't our ways. Your solution to your problem God's way is not your way. You know, I just want to, can I testify on your behalf? Lynn and Anton are incredible. For those of you who know them, they are givers. They give, they're so, they're so faithful. They love people. And Anton had a, had a desire in his heart from when he was, what, how old? 18, 19, 20, whatever. And he wanted to have a Mercedes-Benz before he died. (laughs) He wanted to have that. And you know what? How faithful God is. Somebody phoned them last week and said, hey, come, and gave them a Mercedes-Benz. But you know what? You look and you go like, hey, God, what about me? eh? What about me? I need a car. Have you? Hey, hello. But you know what? God has been watching them. God has been watching them they've been faithful they've been giving they've been helping they've been loving people god those of you heard of marissa's story hey faithful loving god serving god worshiping counting her little money and then god says to her i think if i've got my story right she was teaching lessons hey and god says stop teaching the lessons is that right and she's like uh, God, can we talk? This is my money here. This is my little money that I'm getting. Give up the lessons. And what happened? Just the week before her wedding, Rory said, guys, bless her. Poured out, 
blessed her abundantly. But she's been faithful for years. For years, serving God, loving God, worshiping God, leading other people into the presence of God. God sees. God knows. Guys, uh, did you get that song? I want you just to listen. This is a very old song, okay? But I can play it because it's me. Um, it's, It's about an anointing. He just cries out and he says, anointing fall on us. I want you to close your eyes and pray and say, just for these, I think it's about four minutes, just pray and say, God, I need you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding. Give me an enlightenment. Enlighten me for me. Listen to what is the spirit of God saying to you. Okay. find the right verse or the right word or the right comment for today and the verse that God took me to was 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 8 or no verse 9 how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you I think about Mother's Day and I was 
tempted to make a joke about my mom. Like, hey, she was, it's like the best way I could honor her was just to ask her to, to, to speak to us because she has been one of the most significant spiritual like mentors for me. And she jokes that I correct her, but she has taught me so much about just following God and diving into his word and understanding people. And we, we have our differences, but like there's nobody that has probably taught me more about God and his word than my mom. By the fact that she has walked with him her entire life and shown me how to, to take my life and my situations to God and to process it and how to understand people and how to repent and how to say sorry and how to, to forgive and how to suck it up. Like she said, there's times where you want to react and she's actually just held her tongue and forgiven. And I just think of that verse. How can I thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? Despite her making up fake stories of me throwing tantrums and it's, <laughs> it's but I think that the same it's like we, we do this and we, we thank God for what he has done for us we thank God for Jesus for his body for his blood that's why we do communion every single week not because it's like there's a mystery involved in it. And there's something far more spiritual and deeper than us just drinking juice and a biscuit. But there's also just a practical reminder weekly where it's like this is far greater than just us. This is far greater than just us getting together as a, a group of people in a lounge. This is supernatural. This is church. This is God working. And so... Jesus, we, we say we build our life on you. Despite our frustrations and our, our hurts, despite the places where we've been offended by you and offended by church and offended by our, our pastor and offended by the people in our church and offended by what they've done and offended by what they haven't done and offended by the person that's sitting next to me and offended by my kids that have not done what they should have. They haven't wished me happy Mother's Day like they should have. They haven't cared for me offended by the mistakes that our kids have made, taking advantage of what we've done, offended by the, the fact that I'm still single, offended by the fact that I don't have enough money, offended by whatever it is. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us to take this to you and say, despite what we don't have, despite what's been done against us, we can look at Jesus who's endured everything we have endured and so much more. And yet he didn't cry out. And yet he went willingly to take our place. Because of that, we can find strength to endure what you are asking us to endure. Because of that, we can find the courage to endure it willingly, graciously, courageously, for the sake of those that aren't here. We can go like Rebecca and Mandy. We can, we can take what we've been given to prison next week. And actually say, this is not about us, it's about those that are not yet of us. It's those that don't know this. Help us to walk with that courage. Help us to, to take this into our week, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that you are continuing to teach us how to put you at the center of our lives. Father, the Son, 
and the Spirit, the Spirit that brings wisdom and revelation at the center of our lives. Would you fall on us now that we would have a revelation of what's our biggest frustration at the moment in our life and where we need a different perspective on it. Thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for my incredible mother. Thank you for a word from you today on Mother's Day. Thank you for the mothers in this room. Thank you for those that aren't yet mothers that want to be. Thank you for the way that they love and care for us. Thank you for just the, the community that you're building here, that there's a love and a care like Paul says, it's like I cared for you like a mother caring for his infants. Lord, I pray that, that the love of a mother would be part of this, because it's a reflection of the love of God. That that would be indicative of our church. That there would be that motherly love. In Jesus' name.